Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... November the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2023, the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place in the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America. It is the blueprint for liberty. We reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, unless, of course, it is a Jesus revolution. Quick recap of yesterday's uh, and a couple of days ago shows. First off, we had Sheriff David A. Clark Jr. with us yesterday on radio and TV with Sheriff Richard Mack. He's known as American America's Sheriff. He's the president of America's Sheriff, LLC. He's also involved in Rise Up Wisconsin, Inc., Standing Against Election Fraud and More. He's a best-selling author. He's a well-known public speaker. He's host of a new program called Straight Talk with America's Sheriff, David Clark. It's a podcast available now. He's also uh, been working with True Blue Streaming Services to host Cops Under Fire. So he's doing a lot, a lot, a lot with social media, with podcasting, and a whole lot more, ladies and gentlemen. His website, americasheriff.com. Great interview with him. And the reason we had him on uh, the radio and TV with us is because he has been the catalyst to make this incredible thing happen. Here's what I mean. There is a group called fractalweb.app. F-R-A-C-T-A-L, fractalweb.app. All right, now, this group is uh, developers of incredible new, they call it Web 4.0 technology. What does that mean? It means they have an incredible new whole database system that is wicked fast. Things that would usually take days in the, in the, in the current technology takes literally minutes and seconds in their new technology. Well, David A. Clark Jr. teamed up with these people and said, hey, let's run all election voter rolls through this incredible rapid technology. And what they've done is they've done it and they've found all kinds of problems and anomalies in the voter rolls. It's incredible. So anyway, fractal technology is the new key. Uh, and we're working on states and municipalities and everybody else to start using this technology. They're not making a left-right play. They're not debating election fraud. They're just merely saying, look, you want the facts? We can bring IT analytics to the table, and we can absolutely plumb these databases at record speed, and we'll tell you where the problems are, and then you can go to work to fix them. It's not political. It's not partisan. The fact is it just makes a difference. And to highlight David A. Clark Jr.'s point about all kinds of, quote, phantom ballots or fake ballots or fake voters proven by this technology vetting these databases, <laughs> Judicial Watch finds 1.8 million what they call ghost voters <clears throat> in 29 states. <clears throat> they warn of dirty elections. Believe it or not, this was Jennifer Harper, 
the Washington Times, and this was, believe it or not, October 20th, 2020. We've known this for a long time. They say we claim election fraud with no evidence. Well, what about Judicial Watch finding 1.8 million ghost voters? Yeah, and they're warning of dirty elections. That's the Washington Post, folks. WAPO reporting that. So to those of you who say there's no evidence of election fraud, there it is. Furthermore, this fractal company is proving all over the country for anybody who's willing to let them gather all the data, and they collate the data. They use all kinds of tax records, meaning county records on your house, your property taxes, etc. They compare it, and they're finding dozens and dozens and dozens of random people all at the same addresses. How does that happen? It gets worse. Did you donate over 8,000 times is the question James O'Keefe is asking. James O'Keefe, he's with O'KeefeMediaGroup.com. We played a video where he talks to this lady, he knocks on her door and says, ma'am, did you realize you voted 8,000 times? And she is just shocked and she's like, um, that's not possible. And James says, we agree. Anyway, they're documenting this and proving that not only do we have uh, database problems, a lot of people at the same address that shouldn't be, a lot of dead people that shouldn't be, and the list goes on and on, because all you got to do is use this massive database to compare against property um, records, compare against death indexes, and you can just discover these voters. And then discover that how many voters are at a given address and go, wait a minute, how can 50 voters be at the same address? And then dig in and say, wait a minute, <laughs> these poor people have been donating hundreds of times. In James O'Keefe's video, he calls for journalists to help vet this. And he gives you the website on the government's website where you can look and say, hey, how many times have I voted? <laughs> you may have, well, how many times have I um, donated, I should say. Uh, donated, not voted, donated. And, and you can find out if you've been donating without knowing it, just like this lady and many other examples that they can give. You put all that together, folks, and when they claim we have election fraud examples or election fraud claims with no evidence, they're just not willing to discuss the evidence is the only reality check on that. We also then next hour had a guest, Christina Tobin. She's the founder and chair of the Free and Equal Foundation. It's the Free and Equal Elections Foundation. She's a, uh, an independent when it comes to political parties. Freeandequal.org is her website. And Christina and crew are putting together their own debates. They're sick of the Republican-Democrat sham debates. These debates don't demand you support anybody who's the, quote, nominee or whatever else. It's not the good old boy network. It's not chain people down. It's free and open debates. Um, we also had Richard Mack with me to discuss this with Christina Tobin. And we talked about the Free and Equal Election Foundation will soon host its first U.S. presidential debate for the 2024 election cycle, or season is what they call it. And um, turns out that Jimmy Dore, along with Christina, will be the two moderators for the debate. They say the debate stream will be live on Rumble. Six U.S. presidential candidates will be selected. Yeah, guess by who? By the public. The public will vote on 
and then the top six vote-getters will be in the debate. Freeandequal.org to sign up and learn about when. But in January, you can vote on which candidates you think should be in the debate. Did you know there's over 150 candidates running for president right now? Yeah. So what about the people deciding who gets to be on the stage, not government rules by Republican and Democrat committees that are literally non-government and unconstitutional? Yeah. Support free and equal, folks, because they're pushing corporate funding to be out of our politics. They've got a petition and an effort to do that. I signed it. Free and Equal TV is one of the ways they're going to be promoting this as well, in conjunction with Rumble and a whole lot more. Uh, We talked about the fact that they're not just involved in the presidential election. They've been doing elections for 15 years and debates regarding those elections. So I want a big old massive debate about those who are going to replace Mitt Romney in the great state of Utah, for instance. I want to get uh, votes to see who's going to throw down with uh, Mark Lamb uh, and other people regarding maybe Carrie Lake in Arizona. That debate ought to be interesting. Maybe Richard Mack can be the one to host those debates. So we're talking about real debates without bogus rules. We're talking about the people being involved and who would be debated. There will be five questions for the six candidates. And we can put our own ideas in for a couple of the questions. And I asked the question, which government agency would you abolish and why? Because if you're not willing to abolish any government agencies, you're certainly not somebody that I would elect. Secondly, I want to know which one you would do so and why. I want to know the reasoning behind what you would do. The second question I always ask is this, are you willing to audit and end the Federal Reserve and make that a push? Because all war, all the problems we face really traces back to dishonest money where they can spend like drunken sailors. I brought up that up to Kristen. She was very interested. Uh, anyway, great, great, great interview. We finished on the truth about January the 6th. The Blaze put out a piece showing that they lied when they convicted Stuart Rhodes and they withheld exculpatory evidence from the Stuart Rhodes defense. Literally, they had a Capitol Police guy lying about where he was and what he saw on the witness stand. He perjured himself. And they have video and timestamps and his whereabouts to prove it. Criminal activity, we need to start arresting people right now. And it also means that we need to throw out the conviction of Stuart Rhodes because it's based on lies and false premise, lies by the government, and withholding exculpatory evidence like the videos to prove the point. That's exactly what happened in the Ammon Bundy case. And Ammon walked free from a jury that said he was not guilty and then walked free from another case in a different state because the judge said the FBI and the Justice Department was so corrupt that we can't even hold an honest trial of Ammon Bundy. This is no different. Let's quickly take the break. We'll come back. I've got a lot coming up, including our co-host on the broadcast today, Mr. James Edwards, ThePoliticalCesspool.org. It all happens in mere seconds on your radio. My name is Christian Knuckles. I prophesy there will be no revival until the church leadership stops lying to the people. I'm the first soldier of the spiritual body of Christ, the line of Judah, 
the Confederate Church of Christ. I'm here to declare, the lion will lie down with the lamb when the lying stops. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries and brought to you by confederatechurchofchrist.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they use the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, James Edwards, ThePoliticalCessPool.org with me. Uh, James, any comment on the previous stuff before we go to the real topic of today? I'll tell you what, I always like it when racists like you interview uh, people like uh, Sheriff Clark. And uh, moss never grows uh, under your feet, Sam. You're always up to something. You're always covering so much. Yeah, and me and the David criminal Clark criminal mismanagement. Together, the two racists, right? <laughs> The criminal mismanagement of world affairs, and certainly, I think, especially here in America, of our domestic affairs, never leaves us short of content here. That's why you got to do it six days a week. David A. Clark Jr. knows full well that neither of us are racist. We both want to fix the country, and we're united in that. And by the way, he's a Democrat. I'm neither. I'm just an American. I guess I'm an independent, or you might call me a Constitution Party member. Uh, but there you have that. Anyway. All right, the governor of New York is just nuts. I don't even know how to respond to this kind of uh, criminal activity. But the governor says she's watching your social media. If you live in New York, you have to soon watch what you say. Kathy Hochul wants to make sure no one is insulted. Here's her comments. We'll talk about it. Also, we're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts, what's being said on social media platforms. And we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on, on online platforms. Our media analysis, our social media analysis unit has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is 
in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. I don't even know how to respond to this. What gives government the authority to watch and monitor your social media content uh, and then determine as the thought police if it's okay or not, if it's hate speech or not, who defines hate speech, etc.? She didn't say, hey, if there's criminal activity, we're going to prosecute. I get it. There's already laws against criminal activity. Uh, but, James, she goes on, the government of the Empire State announced that in response to, quote, rising hate crimes and instances of harassment, the state of New York will increase staffing to the FBI Joint Task Force, which I don't understand that. Uh, how do you become part of the FBI Joint Task Force uh, if you're not part of the federal government? Governor Hochul has directed an additional $2.5 million to the, quote, New York State Police in an effort to deploy 10 additional investigators in New York City, Albany, Buffalo, and Rochester, ensuring the state police has a presence in all, and they call them JTTF, investigative groups and areas. This is chilling of what's happening here because who defines all this, right? Where does this go from here? And I see nothing but absolute tyranny out of the making of this, James. You are exactly right. And this is a perfect entry into a much wider and much more concerning issue than even the, the, the specific one that you raised, Sam. Let's look at this big picture. Uh, you you are right. We are heading towards tyranny, especially in the blue-controlled territories, whether it be states or districts or municipalities or whatever. Increasingly, what matters, and the only thing that matters, is what side you're on. We have talked about that before, but I don't think that I can uh, over overstate it let's look at a, a few different things up here in new york this one uh, again this specific incident that you're talking about right now that's one thing that should cause pause uh, but there's a lot more things going around now i'll mention again very quickly which has been mentioned many many times but i don't know if there's a better example that one could could raise and that being of course my my libel lawsuit where the textbook legal definition of libel was not only met but exceeded so we filed uh, a lawsuit, took it to uh, a court in Detroit, which was, of course, we had to go to Detroit because that was where the newspaper was that published what we believe was the libel. And uh, even and, and the judges said, yes, this is the textbook definition of libel, but we're going to rule for the uh, defendants anyway because of the company he keeps Aesop's Fables. You've heard me tell that story before many, many times. And then you, you, you move forward now to Donald Trump. Donald Trump saying that he cannot get a fair trial in places like New York, in places like Atlanta, Georgia, majority Democrat, blue area, and, well, it used to be a red state, in places like Washington, D.C., of course. These cases and these 
uh, are not being filed in rural red state areas, okay? We're not losing these cases there because rule of law still prevails there. You are increasingly getting two separate countries in the same living space. Uh, if, if Donald Trump, uh, these ridiculous charges against Trump, well, first of all, they would have never been brought in uh, a, a jurisdiction that reveres the rule of law, but they are going to be brought in places like New York, Washington, Fulton County, Georgia, and yes, he's, I think everyone will see he cannot get a fair trial because, again, what matters is what side you're on. I'll give you another couple of examples that should concern any freedom-loving listener that we have, whether or not you agree or disagree with the people uh, that are being persecuted here. So we covered this on my program a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who this group is. I don't even know what their literature was saying. <laughs> but you have people now going to prison going to prison for distributing flyers now it's short sentences for now i think they go for like a month or two uh, but the fact of the matter is you have i don't care what the message is as long as you're not advocating for violence or instigating violence you have a freedom of speech you have the freedom of speech to go and put leaflets on people's homes you can do that i did it as a candidate every candidate does it you have a right to do that now this group uh that was doing it i, I don't even remember their name but the media called it hate literature whatever and somehow some way they were able to warp the law into saying well you know what it's actually criminal littering and it's and they got them on some like it's, it's up to like a felony or something now and you got to ask yourself now, hey, now slow down. Let's just wait a minute here. I might not agree with the message, but we're going to send people to prison for putting nonviolent freedom of speech guaranteed uh, literature on, on people's uh, uh, homes. Uh, that That's something. And then I, I can tell you 100% I am behind this man in his persecution. This is Peter Brimelow, the former editor of Forbes magazine. Very good friend of mine wrote the book Alien Nation. Uh, quite famously, uh, a couple of decades ago, talking about immigration. And uh, you have now, also in New York, Sam, you have the state attorney general uh, basically going to put Peter Brimelow out of business. That's what they're going for. And there is an article that will fully inform your audience at vdare.com uh, that will tell you about this. But basically, Peter was living spell in V-Dare. Connecticut. Hold on, you know how a lot of No, vdare, spell it. V as in the letter V as in Virginia Dare, the first, uh, uh, I, I think, uh, a, a child, a daughter born uh, to the colonists uh, way back when. V Dare, V D A R E dot com, V Dare dot com. And I what happened was Peter and his wife. And no, no, thank you, thank you. Uh, beautiful family, all friends of uh, his wife is friends with my wife. I'm good friends with him. Uh, very mainstream guy until he started talking about immigration. Now, of course, they call him white supremacist, white nationalist, so on and so forth. Yeah, he also but has now sued, listen, Matt Staver has a lawsuit against the SPLC right now over this very immigration discussion, uh, if you're not aware, folks. I, I know we're coming up on a break, but I think just to conclude the point, perhaps after the break, if I could just break down and it'll only take a minute or two what's going on with the video, maybe we can... Sh- shoehorned in here I'll, I'll listen intently for the music but basically peter and his wife lydia uh were living in connecticut you don't want to live in a blue state if you have conservative ideas so they moved to west virginia they found uh a great property that they got that they could hold conferences at because peter had tried to hold four or five conferences at hotels only to be uh 
after the contract was signed, you get the threats against the hotels, and then the hotel canceled. So he couldn't have a public conference. So he bought a property where he could have conferences. And it's a big property. It's it's a castle, in fact, in West Virginia. Uh, but anyway, of all the problems in New York, uh, the Attorney General of the State of New York is going after Vidir and Peter Brimlow for basically a technicality uh, on him being a 501c3 and then not having enough members of the board on his board. I mean, it's just, it's a very penny any thing. And but that's what they're really focusing going on after because he's on the wrong on the side. Same premise, ladies and gentlemen, in Minnesota, they said Sam Bushman and Richard Macker hate mongers. Um, we'll talk about it. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. President Biden is in San Francisco, California, for a scheduled meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Biden will attend the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit and will hold talks with Xi today. The leaders are expected to discuss the wars in the Middle East and Ukraine, normalizing communications channels, and eliminating the flow of fentanyl into the United States. The House approved a temporary measure to avert a government shutdown on Friday. On Tuesday, the House voted in favor of a Republican proposal to fund certain departments until mid-January and the remainder through early February at current spending levels. The bill now moves to the Senate, where bipartisan support exists. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer saying he intends to pass the legislation as soon as possible. When it comes to government funding, as I have long said, it has to be bipartisan. And right now, that's the path we seem to be on. I'm John Schaefer. The new Speaker of the House wants presidential candidate Donald Trump to be president again. Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson reported that he is all in for Trump in 2024. Trump called Johnson a, quote, tremendous congressman respected by everybody, end quote, when he was nominated for Speaker last month. David DePap, the man accused of breaking into the home of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and striking her husband Paul in the head with a hammer, is in court this week. DePap was called to the stand yesterday by his defense attorneys. On the stand, he was asked about his political views. When asked about who else was on the list of targets to go after, DePap responded, President Biden, actor Tom Hanks, former Vice President Mike Pence, Senator Bernie Sanders, Hunter Biden, and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Drummers are so coordinated, they can do something different with each limb. Today is officially National Drummer Day. Thanks for listening, my friend. We are USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required.
begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, James Edwards and Sam Bushman on the incredible, the historic, the long-running Liberty Roundtable. Be sure to support the work of Sam Bushman here, ladies and gentlemen, libertyroundtable.com. Uh, there are few in the media with uh, his tenacity. Well, there are none in media with his tenacity and few uh, with his talent and ability and, uh, of course, uh, his spirit of stick to uh, after all of these years and never backing down from a fight and my friends, we need more people like that. He sets an example for the rest of us to follow. He brought up a great example of uh, really the, I think, the observable move away, let's call it that, from rule of law in America, especially over the last nearly a decade. I mean, it is intensifying. It is growing more rapid uh, now, and you can see it as we speak. But this is something the last five to ten years we'd be, we, we've started to see more and more of and, and we we gave just a few examples to sort of uh, complement sam's example or to add to his example in the last segment uh, from the more trivial like my law, uh, libel lawsuit to uh, it wasn't trivial to me but in the grand scheme of you know the american uh, people i guess it might be compared to trump's lawsuits not even maybe to, because they changed people. court case law literally that's true. James Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, where's the Donald it did, it, to fund and stand up to stop it? Well, it did actually. Sam is correct. It did uh, rewrite uh, precedent for libel law in the state of Michigan. But uh, anyway, Trump's cases, uh, the situation now where you have people, okay, I, maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Maybe they are disagreeable. Maybe they have a message that offends people that if, what good is the first amendment if it doesn't protect offensive speech or controversial speech these people are now going to prison you would have never heard of that in a free country never in a free country would that have been allowed what about all of the people who were going against the grain decades ago uh they expected their rights to be uh, to be upheld and of course that's yeah what the there's this guy named martin supposedly luther. about Martin Luther, forget the king and the clown show of modern day. Look at Martin Luther, ladies and gentlemen, and others who tried to transcribe the transcribe the Bible and, and stand on Christian beliefs. They were literally uh, all kinds of abused back in the day. Uh, in America, we guaranteed that wouldn't happen, right? Well, and now it is. And what it's called is lawfare. And again, if you go to vdare.com, another example uh, you have, of all the problems the state of New York has, uh, their attorney general is focusing uh, on, on, like a hawk on uh, a small nonprofit that is an immigration restriction uh, patriotic type of organization uh, anchored now. I mean, his name, his reputation has been sullied because he dares to speak out against the uh the, the narrative, but he's a great guy. Peter Brimelow, former editor yeah, of Forbes, Steve very Forbes mainstream to stand guy. Up for Peter, though. Yeah, well, that's a good question. And of course, you talked to Steve Forbes earlier this summer. We should have asked, but, uh, but yes. And uh, so that, that you have now just on technicalities. On technicalities, you're talking about a million dollar purchase. I think they they bought this uh, this property, which is to serve as a conference venue and their headquarters for VDare. 
for about a, you know, a little over a million dollars, which is a ton of money to people like us. But you're talking about these major corporations. That's nothing. That's that's like what fast food is to us. And anyway, so the, the whole state of New York is focusing their legal arm on uh, enforcing some technicality that he may or may not have uh done improperly to take away their property or to put them out of business. This is where you're at. This is lawfare, Sam. Uh, people going to prison for putting out flyers. Uh, people who, I guarantee you, if this was a Black Lives Matter nonprofit, you can have any sort of discrepancies you want. And I'm not saying the Brimelows did. I'm just saying it, it's something really, really technical that's being uh, focused on here. Uh, but this, this is it. What side are you on? What side are you on? In the red states, it may not matter. In the red state, you could be a Democrat, you could be a Republican, liberal, conservative, and we'd like to think rule of law would prevail. It is not that way. It is not that way in these blue state and in these blue-controlled areas. You know, this is interesting. Um, there's a headline that talks about now millionaires just consider themselves middle class because the dollar... Uh, has plummeted so big time now to where they're considering millionaires even middle class now which what does that mean for you and me james you and i live in the i'm concerned about listen we there was an article last week to get a big mac in connecticut which by the way i would just mention peter brimelow that's where he was living before he moved to west virginia to try to get away from the oppressive politics and economy of the blue state of the blue states but in connecticut now it was eighteen dollars to buy a big mac $18, that'd be $100 to take a family of four out to McDonald's. Yeah, so that's scary. It's scary as hell. Spend that $18 for a Big Mac? Amen. Um, (laughs) You know, a Big Mac, though, uh, is, I don't even know, it's it's at best an average hamburger now, right? I, I mean, if it's average, what's what's a low class hamburger? I mean, I I think they taste good, but I mean, you're, it's definitely about as as uh, you know low on the totem pole as you can get, and, and it'd be called food, right? I mean, you know, McDonald's is McDonald's. Everybody eats McDonald's. I like McDonald's, but I mean, what are we talking about here? No, it's if it's average, what's a low class burger? <laughs> Well, a low class burger would be basically the same thing, but a small one. So if you go to McDonald's and buy the Big Mac, oh, I see, better I see. If you yeah, go yeah, buy yeah. one of their little teeny hamburgers, you know, when I, I was see. a kid, they used to have specials. You could buy one of those little teeny hamburgers for like nineteen or twenty nine cents. Okay, now one well, of those little teeny hamburgers <laughs> cost over a buck, and they're tiny. There's hardly any meat on them. There's a little pickle yeah, in that's the middle, right. a little bit of teeny ketchup, and that's it. Okay, that to me is I, I, you know, I, I, so. It, it, it's one of their premier burgers, but it's an average burger a Big Mac is. Um, well, I got another one. burger got, would be got, maybe the $2 burger or whatever that double stack is. The meat isn't as good in some of those burgers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's say, right. right. Well, yeah, their quarter pounder is a totally different meat than uh, I don't want to, you know, than the, the Big Mac. I don't want to chase, you know, trivialities here, but I will tell you this just with regards to inflation. The big thing out of McDonald's right now is the McRib is back. The McRib comes uh, every Every fall, November, early December, they got the McRibs at, at the McDonald's nationwide. They only bring it out in the fall for a few weeks. Well, anyway, the the McRib deal had always been. Now, I know we're talking about very serious and important things here, but there is a point to be made. The McRib deal was always you get your combo, and it runs you about what every combo does. But you could always get a second one for a dollar. I mean, forever. When the McRibs would come out, you could say, I want to add a second one for a dollar. Well, I went to McDonald's last night. I don't mind telling you. Yeah, and, and they're like five bucks for a rib, back. and there's no second one yep. for nothing except for five bucks, buddy. Well, that, yeah, it, it was it was 10 bucks for the combo, so it's half the price of uh, – 
Connecticut, so we're thankful for that. But ten bucks, you know, but but the second one for a dollar, which they have always offered, that's gone. The second one is now four dollars and nineteen cents, and that 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 I think you know again that's a that, like a silly example that we could draw, but that that is what is going on everywhere with every purchase, with every price, whether it's food or goods or groceries or gas. That's what the American people are facing, along with the woke onslaught, along with the mismanagement of these wars. I mean, what are we getting into? World War Three here? over issues that are not our vital concern, whether it be in Ukraine or in Israel. And, yeah, I don't know where we're going, Sam. And I don't know how people are going to be able to afford it when we get there. I'll tell you where we're going. You won't be able to afford anything, and you won't be able to say anything. Hey, hey, now we're now we're getting to now we're getting to the point. Yeah. Hey, that that's where we're going. That's right. That is exactly where we're going. Unless we take the off ramp. All right, now, let me throw this out because this is kind of critical and related to what we're talking about. So New York absolutely whacked out for sure. But it turns out that New York now, I guess the the headline says this, man in NYC, it's a man in New York, charged for trying to stop homeless man from robbing woman on the subway. So he sees this woman. He sees his homeland or home homeless guy trying to rob this woman. He stops the thug. The only one's in trouble is the guy that tried to stop the thug. Yep. Is this what we're headed? You see that a lot. You're seeing a lot of that now. I mean, there have been some very famous cases of that, uh, and you see more and more of it every day. Well, I mean, you my my God, Sam. I mean, the police don't even go into minority areas now because if there's any sort of policing done against them, uh, you ne- you're you're always running the risk that you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison if they if they don't uh, yeah, immediately right. obey the directions of the officers and you have to get into some sort of a confrontation with them. You're you as a police officer are putting your life on the line every time you try to enforce the law in this sick society. Uh, that you know, makes everything about race if it goes against you know a so-called minority. And, well, and check this out. Uh, so a sheriff is now rioting in California because he says, "Hey, we found shoplifting. They stopped the shoplifters. We were about to arrest the shoplifters, and the store stopped us from creating accountability." And he's livid about it. Go ahead and skip the break. Now this is another interesting headline to make the point. I don't know how to say this name. Um, Pavy Rassanen, Pavy Rassanen, acquitted over, quote, hate speech for sharing Bible verse. So here's what happened. This person shared a Bible verse, got busted, hate speech, out of control. They went to court and finally got acquitted. Now, that's good news. I appreciate it. It's good news. But it's like Hail Mary defense is all it is, James. It, see, and that is why, ladies and gentlemen, that is why you have to oppose these so-called hate speech laws at every turn. Because they present it as, well, if you criticize a Jewish person or a black person or a homosexual, and, and of course, as we know, those groups should never be criticized. You should agree with everything any of them ever say and do, no matter what it is, obviously. Uh, but if you do have the uh, spirit to... Uh, publicly disagree with one of the support groups of the regime they call that hate speech Uh, no matter what the disagreement is no matter how well argued no matter what and but a lot of people just say okay well he's obviously a racist because he 
you know, believes this or he's anti-Semitic because he disagreed with this person. Uh, and so they get you like that. Uh, but then it, once it's established, if and when it's established, what's stopping them now from moving to, hey, well, you know, hey, this is actually this isn't Christian uh, commentary. This is anti-gay hate. And they are doing that. And they are doing that. And again, if this case, where was this case? Uh, I'd be interested to know where this, where he was acquitted at. I bet you it wasn't uh, Washington, D.C. or New York. or I'd, It'd be oh, interesting no, to find the jurisdiction. No, it's a blue state for sure. Well, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, red areas in blue states. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Oregon's like all red except for Portland. So anyway, it'd be interesting to know where, where this person was acquitted. Because you go to a rural yeah, county it, in Oregon, it's just as good as going to like a rural county in Mississippi. It's something I can try not that, to it, dig yeah. into, but I, I, I'm just telling but you. It's, it's not important. But, I, I, but I, I, the other thing I find interesting about this whole thing is, you know, where do we go from here? For example, I, I got an interesting trap for you, James, and just fall for the trap, okay? It's on purpose, but just stick with me. All right. What is anti-Semitic? Do you want the honest answer or what they say it is? I want you to know what they or, say it is. Okay, that the anti-Semitic, if you're an anti-Semite, you, you hate Jews, you want harm to become around Jews, you are uh, right. bartering in conspiracy theories, you're mo motivated by hate entirely. Now, if that same thing applies to, say, a white person, what is it called? Uh, is it anti-Semitic? Uh, critical, critical race hold theory. On, it's called. On. Is uh, it anti-Semitic? No, no, they would no, no, it's not. Okay, that. so if it's not, and it's only anti-Semitic to one group of people, isn't that anti-Semitic? Isn't that <laughs> hatred and well, interesting, you, you know, violence and whatever uh, harm to all the description you put put in place against any other group? And it's not anti-Semitic. So the very term anti-Semitic is anti-Semitic, James. Well, and I'll tell you another thing about that is the Isn't vast majority Isn't that of white. Factually correct, though. I challenge anybody. I think on this. I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. But another thing to consider is, and this is something that always gets lost in this conversation, is that most white people in the country don't really know the, if the person they're criticizing is Jewish or not. I mean, how many people know? A lot of the Jews are white. I mean, they certainly look white. I think a lot of times people are just criticizing what they believe to be a white liberal, and I guess you could argue that that's what they are. I mean, sometimes Jews consider themselves to be white. Sometimes they consider themselves to be Jewish and not white. I guess it just depends on the individual. But I think a lot of times when you have people criticizing someone, they just see woke, uh, liberal, and then, oh, if they're Jewish, then it because you get the anti-Semitic enhancement. And a lot of people don't even know that they're Jewish. Well, but, I, but I'm saying, though, that if you have a certain word that defines one certain group and, this, and, and the principles in that means hate, violence, you know, evil, whatever you want to call right, it, well, and, and that doesn't apply to everybody else, then isn't that alone, that special word that relates to only Jews, isn't that anti-Semitic or hate-filled on its very Well, here's, an, here's another. Because if they're doing the same thing to me, what are they going to call it? They're going to call All it well absolutely and good. justified. Exactly. They, that, exactly. Well, here's another thing to consider, too, Sam. It's sort of there's a hypocrisy there that the left never allows itself to be tripped over. They've never tripped over a hypocrisy or a double standard. Uh, but we're told time and time again there is no race. There are no ethnicities. 
you know, imagine there's no heaven. That you know, religion is just a trivial, a, a trivial thing. We're all one human family. Uh, okay, well, if you believe that, and I certainly don't, but if you did, and they claim to believe it, then what's the distinguish? What's so distinguishing about being a Jewish person? How can you be anti-Semitic? We're just uh, criticizing, or a person may be criticizing another person who's just part of the one human family. Uh, so, uh, if if it's something that they can use to take down an enemy, then there are distinctions between ethnicities and and race and and, and religions and things like that. But uh, uh, on the other hand, if it's if it serves their interest in the narrative to uh, say that you know there are no distinctions and they'll they'll go that way but that that's something that i've noticed time and time and time again hey well what's this this guy's this guy's black what's significant about that if it's something that that, that happens that they can use to showcase you know black history month we're just all humans what's Look, the significance folks, it's about crime this black, why is he a black hero? carefully if it's a crime it's a crime and it's either a crime against everyone with the same action or it's a crime against no one with the same action but it doesn't determine a crime based on wordsmithing, based on labels, based on manipulation of terms, dishonest representation of who we are. Okay, a crime against a Jew and a crime against a white or a black or anybody else is still a crime. And if it's not a crime, right, now, it's not a this. crime against anybody. You cannot going back have to... it both ways, people. And to bring up such and to create these special interest groups is racist, is bigoted, is hostile, is hate-filled, is wrong, is anti-Semitic. There's no way around it. And I'll debate anybody, anytime, anywhere regarding that. Well, I mean, I would certainly say that you can have organizations that seek to advance the best interest of certain people, while not at the expense of uh, yeah, uh, the larger... Hate. Yeah, but yeah, right. That's so you can't crime. have these things. But that—that's the thing. I mean, everybody else has them, but if we have them, it's it's white supremacists. Yeah, but, but, but I'm I, saying that's not a crime, though, and that's why I say it's equal to all. You can advocate for whoever you are. If I want to advocate for people that love to jump up and down, I can advocate for people that love to jump up and down. That doesn't mean I'm harming people that don't like <laughs> to jump up and down. Okay, we well, got to be clear I, about crime and clear about what's fair across societal reality, and that we're all God's children. And anything different from that smacks of evil. Well, you have to, again, to go back to, I think, what was the primary point of discussion here. You cannot have so-called hate crime legislation and hate crime enhancements and all of that, because who's to stop? Who's to stop the judge in any specific case or even the government at any specific time uh, to say, you know what, this this isn't Christian. This is hate, you know, and, and, and then Christians are going to jail. It happens all over the world. Why wouldn't it happen here? It will happen here if you change the laws and you change the population to uh, a group uh, of, of. It is happening so here, ladies and gentlemen. It already is. Now, <clears throat> I told you about the Bible verse. They're really coming for the Christians. That's the bottom line. But I find Steve Scalise. And I want to just write shame in front of the article headline. So my headline says, shame. Steve Scalise says, quote, we must federally mandate voter identification laws in the United States. I don't agree, James. No, I mean, I, I don't either. Obviously, I, uh, I, I would, I would, there, there's something I want to say before I forget it. And it's, it's, it's. I think related to all of this and, and not just tangentially, but 
we look at all the stuff that's going on right now, all the things we've been talking about this hour, the things we talk about day after day, week after week on this network. We, we celebrate victories, and there are a lot of things to be happy about. There's a lot of things that, uh, that are happening, trends that are positive. But you look at the news, and it's just a constant bombardment of uh, anti-white, anti-Christian, and really anti-American hate. Uh, but Robert E. Lee, who just was melted down in Virginia, they melted down this beautiful piece of art. Yeah, By what the way, a disgrace, that, that, mockery of history. They, when they start to do that with your your monuments, uh, they will do that to the to the flesh and blood. That's what they want, and that that could be exactly what's coming. It will be what comes here. But Robert E. Lee said this, uh, and this is something that people need to remember, even in these times of great despair and uncertainty. And uh, you know, we're talking about the economy, we're talking about the courts, we're talking about you know the possibility of global war, a lot of things right now to be concerned about. But uh, Robert E. Lee wrote, and I, I, I have stabbed at this. I actually had never seen this quote from Lee before a few days ago, and I've talked about this in speeches in so many ways um, many, many times, but people need to remember, uh, but he puts it a lot better than I could. The truth is this, uh, General Lee writes, the life of humanity is so long, that of the individual is so brief, that we often only see the ebb of the advancing wave and are thus discouraged. It is history that teaches us to hope. So I think what he's saying here is, of course, what we've had to live through during this very short time that we're on Earth. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be too dismayed over that. History changes. Have faith in Christ. Be anchored in the eternal. Uh, things do change. Things change for the... Uh, the Europeans who were under Muslim occupation for hundreds of years in the Iberian Peninsula and in Spain and in Portugal. So, I mean, things, things can change, and we need to have hope. I think uh, too often we talk about all the things that are going wrong, and it needs to be discussed because you're certainly not getting both sides from the establishment-controlled press. Uh, but I think that that's something that I wanted to tell the audience today as well. Amen to that. All right, I got two final stories before the end of the hour and not much time to get to them. Here's the headline. Headline says, Watch This Truck Driver React to a choking woman who waves him down on a busy highway. Yeah, literally, bottom line is this truck driver saw this woman. She was choking. She made the standard international sign for choking. He said, are you choking? She said, yes. He literally pulled over and saved her life. Now, that's incredible. All right, hey, there we Good go. Good news. Love it. Now, here's the interesting statement that the truck driver made. My angels and her angels got together and intervened to save her life. So he doesn't even take credit, and he acknowledges God's hand in her saving. See, this is what America really is, James. Well, there is that America that still exists. I, I would say, you know, it's certainly not a blanket statement. Not all people are like that. We, there is a lot of evil in this country, but there is a lot of good as well. And there is still, we're not to the spot of Sodom and Gomorrah yet. Not so long as there's people like that out there. And there are, there are good people. There are good Christian people in this country still uh, that are fighting for what's right. But they boy, have been shoved out of the institutions of power, whether it be government, academia, media, um, entertainment, you name it, but uh, but there is still a remnant here, and uh, we'll we'll. All right, last story of the hour, James. Here's the question for you from a North Carolina uh, bug extermination company: Would you let exterminators 
release 100 American cockroaches inside your home for 2500 bucks. No. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, th- no. I can only say Absolutely thank God I'm not that. if you lost your marbles. I wouldn't do it for $100,000, <laughs> James. Well, I don't know. Let's get, I mean, let's, uh, I mean, well, if you want to buy my house so I can <laughs> I move out say, of it thank- afterwards, okay, maybe. I was going to say, but thank I'm not, God I'm, I'm not, not that poor it. yet, but you can I think never everybody has their price. Things, buddy. Well, I mean, well, I mean, what are the rules, though? I mean, do, you, do they just get dumped and you can instantly start squashing them? No, or, you know, no, can no, no, you, no, no. You they like, get dumped and then you got to watch what days? happens. Oh, you can't exterminate them. You can't, well, like, I'm sure you can eventually, you just have you got to watch what happens. I don't know all the rules. I'm just telling you that's what the story is, and watch what happens. We no, they're gonna, no, you got to watch. You got to leave them there for a while. They get they get to be your roommate. for. No, I mean, if you get to, like, if they get to dump them and you immediately get to go in and start battling them, that's one thing. No, I'm not that poor. 100000 well, even for $100,000, if they get to be co-tenants, I, it, I can't do it. Not but. even maybe. Uh-uh. Not unless I'm leaving the house for good or unless I have real, real money to really make sure they're gone um, or whatever. All I can tell you is uh, <laughs> her angels and my angels got together, this truck driver says, and amen to that. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, you cover it all in an hour here. This is why you got to never miss a broadcast of Liberty Roundtable. You never know from start to finish what you're going to hear in an hour. I didn't have it on my bingo card that we'd be talking about that cockroach story you know, 50 minutes ago. Yeah, they so, say the truck driver uh, quick thinking saved the day for this lady. And I think that his point about her angels and my angels got together is right. And it yeah, worked out. Good. I, I just need more angels. Just incredible. A lot of demons. We need a few more angels around here these days. Amen to that. <laughs> anyway, I'm off the bug plan. I'm for the angel plan. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. What can I say? We're for the proper role of limited constitutional government. We reject all divide lines from these clowns that want to ruin the greatest country on the face of the earth. We stand with God, family, and country. We protect life, liberty, and property. And, buddy, we're about it for over a quarter of a century. And we are on fire because we follow the Prince of Peace. Thank you, James. Hey, thank you, Sam. Talk to you all next time. God bless you all. And happy Thanksgiving if we don't talk before then. Amen to that. Check out James's award-winning broadcast every Saturday night live and or anytime you like at thepoliticalcesspool.org. I am Sam Bushman for LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast 
For November the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2023, this is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to use the checks and balances in the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, to reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Hey, you know what? I've been keeping track of the Ken Cromar case, ladies and gentlemen. And as you know, Ken Cromar, political prisoner, his wife's Barbara, so Ken and Barb, or Ken and Barbie, taken on the IRS. Well, that IRS case wrongfully prosecuted against Ken Cromar, in my humble opinion, to which I'm entitled, because they didn't follow due process. And the unconstitutional IRS needs to be shut down. But anyway, uh, the abuse goes on, and they morph the case from issue to issue to issue to issue. It's one of the ways you know you got a political prisoner. When Whatever they start out with charges that then eventually go away and change and before you know it, man, you got case after case after case, and they're throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sick to see what sticks. It doesn't end. They're out of control. They got to stop. Well, anyway, the point is that uh, poor um, Ken Cromar is in the Davis County, and he jokingly calls it the D.C. prison, the Davis County prison. They moved him from Weber, which is a step up to some degree. They gave him some discovery. A day late and a dollar short because supposedly his trial's this Friday. I don't know what's going on with all this, but ladies and gentlemen, political prisoner Ken Cromar is in the D.C. Correctional Facility right now, uh, and our prayers are with him. You can't really talk to his wife. Um, you know, they say that he's a flight risk, but it's a lie. He's not a flight risk. He never was a flight risk until they decided to deny due process and arrest him on the spot. Offer due process to Ken Cromar, I promise you, you will not have a flight risk. That's just my opinion. But if it can happen to Barbie and Ken, ladies and gentlemen, it can happen to you. Miraclesingodwetrust.com is their website to learn more, to donate, to keep up with what they're doing and everything else. They want to jail us all, ladies and gentlemen. That's really the bottom line. Uh, Anyway, Sam plays an interview that I just did with Ken from prison. Here it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got Ken Cromar. This is the broadcast for, what is it, today the 9th? Yes. It is the 9th. I've got Ken Cromar. You are where, Ken? I am in the Davis County Jail. I was moved on Halloween Day from the Weber County Jail in Ogden to the Farmington Davis County Jail, which is D.C. It's kind of ironic. It's D.C., much like Washington, D.C. What do you mean it's, what do you mean it's D.C.? Well, Davis County. And so, you know, we <laughs> talk about the D.C. gulag. Well, I'm in one. It's just a different one. It's one in Utah. There you go. Now, is it yeah. is it better or worse than the uh, other jail you were in? Good question. It is much more professional. The um, the Weber County Jail is is in a is a, is a train wreck of a jail um, for many many reasons. Rights being denied, blocking of legal mail, phones that that simply cut out. I, I was having to make six, seven phone call attempts before it finally busts through. Sometimes the person would hear me. Most of the time the call never even shows on their phone, stuff like that. And it's talk about time-sucking, but, but finally getting a call through, stuff like that. But worst of all, for, from a physical aspect, my life was endangered. People were worried about me inside there, knowing what my, my circumstance was. But maybe the greatest danger was the black mold that was on the ceiling right outside the door of my cell 
um, with uh, a group of 12. But my, my bunk being the closest to it for two months, I was right by black mold. We complained. We talked about it. There were even a couple of OSHA guys that were uh, former you know, OSHA uh, certified type people that, that knew about this. And they said, this, when this sort of thing happens, they have to bring in the health department. Somebody needs to call the health department into that jail to get it. And I'm told that jails have been shut down and demolished because once you get black mole into the air ducts and whatnot, you can't get it out and it has to be demolished is what has happened, I'm told. Um, but anyway, back to Davis, um, we, I finally got the laptop, the famous laptop with all the discovery that was promised and required to be given to me by September 19th. It finally happened 47 days late. And, and I, I got the laptop on Monday at 1.18 p.m. They pulled me into a room and said, here's the laptop. Well, what they said was on the laptop originally, they said there were 697 files. But in the time of their, their lapse of the 47 days, they found 575 more files. So in total, it's 1,272 files of discovery that I have to, to, to look over. <laughs> and, and trial's coming on the 11th of December. It's already been put off. It would have happened on Tuesday. Trial would have started on Tuesday, November 7th. But we had to ask for a continuance because of the failure of the uh, prosecution, the United States government, in their claims against us, which was in itself a denial of constitutional right to a speedy trial because they failed to provide the stuff so that, that we could be on, t on target. So. Sam, the simple answer is um, it appears that there is, a, oh, I didn't tell you, There's a cord, there appears to be a coordinated effort to block me from being able to get any of my research team materials, drafts of, of documents, um, other filings from other cases to, so I can study and pull my pieces together to write my own filings and they're not allowing it into the jail. They wouldn't do it in Weber, and they said that the reason for moving to Davis was so that I could actually have access within the jail's rules. Well, sure enough, I get the laptop on Monday, and, and, they, and Roland Brunson had brought in a document that I needed to get notarized so it could be filed with the court, but he also brought some additional research. And they, and they said, yeah, no problem. We'll just do the normal procedure. We look, up, we look at each page up against the light to make sure there's no drug liquid, I guess they can bring drug juice in on paper. I don't know, but that's what they tell me. And um, we just look at the pages and fine, you can have it. And I said, great, please call the U.S. Marshal who has three inch, three inches worth of material from Roland Brunson way back from our October 19th hearing in the court at, uh, in Salt Lake, that that was supposed to be handed off to me in the Weber County Jail. And the day before they transferred me out, the, the, the um, Sergeant Stewart, who's in charge of all that sort of thing, the legal, said, sorry, you don't get these documents. Why? They're right in your hand right there. I, I can reach out and touch them. He says, nope, they're in a plastic bag because the manila envelope that's inside was opened by who? I don't know, he says. I don't know who opened it, but therefore I can't take the liability that you would claim that I looked at your legal mail, so you don't get your legal mail. I said, that's strange. Why don't we just look at each page? I don't care if you look and see that, that there's legal material there or not, which is what their rules are. 
says, nope, sorry, not going to do it. I'm sending it back. So Mark Thompson, the U.S. Marshal, got the materials and was supposed to get them into me here at the jail. And then he says, before I got transferred into the D.C. jail, we're not going to let, they're not going to let you have them. But sure enough, when I get the laptop, they said, sure, you can have them. But two hours later, the prosecutor, I'm told, had called into the jail and said, you can't, he can't have their research. They're not bar attorneys. Therefore, they, he can't have the research. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, stop. What law determines what research you can have or use in a court of law? Exactly. They're making this stuff up. They say you have to have a bar attorney. Nobody else is going to be able to represent you in, in the court. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you don't. This is America, not China. You don't have to have a bar attorney. That's what the, that's what Magistrate Dustin Pete said. Unless they're a bar attorney, they will not be allowed to have um, to be considered your counsel, uh, assistance of counsel, as per the Constitution. You have a right to your choice of assistance of counsel. And that's what the Constitution says. There's nothing about bar attorneys in there. But if you have a bar attorney, the, if, you, if they've passed the bar, they've already crossed the line in terms of a conflict of interest. That's correct. So you have to have a conflict of interest, work for the court first, you second, a uh, person who's playing a game with you and actually steals your power of attorney. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I do. But a, that bar attorney is signing documents in your name behind the scenes. In fact, if you were convicted, Sam, did you know this? That there's three people that sign it. The judge, the prosecutor, and you. Well, I never signed my document that said I was guilty. Oh, that's right. It was your attorney that did it, and he didn't even tell you that he did it. But he signed it for you because you hired him and you gave him your power of attorney, but he didn't tell you that. But that's okay. Too bad. You go to jail. So when's your court case again? When's the next uh, hearing? We're supposed to start trial on the 7th of November, which was Tuesday. This, this week, we've already passed that. It's Thursday now. But now it's been moved to December 11th, and it appears that they know what they're doing, and they're just trying to get a continuance to just stretch this out into next year, literally. And this is what they did to the Bundys. Well, which is good and bad because you want time to be able to research things and you need to be able to get the information for your defense, which if they're obstructing that, that's a serious problem. Uh, it's, you know, withholding exculpatory information, which through the whole case for Ammon Bundy, by the way, in Ammon's favor against the criminal prosecution, uh, might the same thing happen for you? Yeah, how did it turn uh, to, to their favor in that regard? Tell me, because I'm not aware of that nuance. Well, so Ammon Bundy was literally, uh, they had a whistleblower, and they were starting to put so much stuff out on the public record and the court record that people didn't like it. And so they just simply, um, you know, said that the federal government, the FBI, was withholding exculpatory evidence in Ammon Bundy's case, and the judge got mad at the FBI, said they were criminals and threw the whole thing out, and Ammon was guilty of nothing. Yep, there you go. And we're in the exact same boat. I'm in the exact same boat. The, they, they, the warrant was not even signed by a judge, and the federal rule of criminal procedure number four, rule four, says must be signed by a judge. Not the clerk, uh, excuse me, a clerk signed it, but it wasn't even the clerk of the court. It was a assistant clerk, a deputy clerk or something. And it's like, that's not a judge. That warrant was illegal. Well, and my question is, if a deputy if a deputy assistant clerk can sign it um, without authority because it's required by law to have a judge, then why can't anybody sign it? Well, 
Yeah, so it's, so it's just as invalid uh, no matter who signs it if it's not a judge. That's my point. And a judge is not a magistrate. Well, they, they may fudge that one, but, but they better – it's not signed. It's just not signed. All right, so what about the discovery on your laptop? Do you think it helps your case a lot, or do you think they're giving oh, you limited yes. discovery? Yes. Now, I – I, there's no way that I'm going to effectively and very quickly get through 1,272 files. But in a quick cursory look, I found so much information that creates a rope. It weaves a rope that they're going to hang themselves with. My information, we are... By the way, let's book. be clear. This hang themselves is a figurative discussion, people. Yeah, figurative, figurative, figurative. Them, themselves, not, not me. I have nothing to do with it. And, and we're not but, talking about hanging anybody physically. We're just telling you that they are sowing. Uh, you know what? What they reap, they sow is what we're trying to get at. Exactly, exactly. And, and sad that you have to explain that because people don't, don't understand or they try to use that against you. Yeah, the people understand. What happens is those who are criminals try to use this against us and say that we said yes. things we did not say out of context. And that's why I'm being so specific. I know it's goofy, yes. but it's necessary. Well, let me give you an example. One of the things that I found in the material, and I cannot remember the exact name, but the FBI uh, has a terrorism task force. That might be what it's called. Like, it sounds about right what I remember reading. Terrorism task force, the TTF is what they sicked on me. What in the world are you talking about? I'm a terrorist? Ken Cromar? Quiet little Ken. Well, remember, remember, Ken, they set the precedence for this when they said the Hammonds, an, an elderly couple in their 70s who were trying to, you know, protect their own land and who let a, fi a fire get a little out of control. Backfires burned all the time. It happens. The government's guilty of it plenty of times as well. Yes. They literally said the Hammonds were terrorists as well. This is the new plan to take down anybody they disagree with under the guise of terrorism. And so far, the American people are stupid enough to fall for it. And if your audience understands the point on this, is if it's a terrorism um, label, that allows them to do, it's basically throughout the Constitution is really why they use it. So that appears to be what's happening with me, too. They deem you an enemy combatant behind the scenes. Yes, yes, yes. Therefore, they can do anything and everything that they want behind the scenes and uh, the law be hanged. Um, and it's like, that's crazy. But this is the America we're in, friends. Um, I would be so grateful for your prayers, anybody who's listening, to remember Barbie and Ken Cromar versus Goliath IRS. I would tell you, though, that I, I trust in the Lord, and I believe that this is his battle, not ours. They're setting a stage for a trial that is very likely to be won by the Lord's hand, and I have no idea how that happens. That's why they call it impossible. And that's what that's what Christ and His Father do is the impossible. And so, what what is that? I don't know, but I trust Him that this is His battle. This will be His victory, and this IRS will be fully exposed. And a list of criminals who have aided and abetted criminal conspiracy. You have one minute remaining against me. We're down to less than a minute, my friend. Um, prayers would be appreciated. Miracles in God we trust dot com. You can go to and look at the Barbie and Ken's greatest videos. You can also go to uh, CedarHillCitizens.org where you can... All right, we're about out of time. Can you accept visitors now? Um, I 
think so. Call into the jail at the Davis County in Farmington to find out how that is done. I have no way of getting that information. I'll work on it. Yeah. God bless you, sir. In fact, I know you can. I know you can. I've seen others do it. I just, my people have had no luck getting in. Sam, love, I love America. I love my family, my, my wife, and God bless America and all those who stand up for what's right and true. We'll talk soon, sir. Thank you so much. God bless. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we're going to keep an eye on the Ken Cromar case. And let me explain the reason that I'm so interested in his case. Number one, Ken is a dear, personal, trusted, good friend. And I am convinced that Ken Cromar is harmless. I am convinced that Ken Cromar is not a flight risk. And I am convinced that Ken Cromar absolutely loves his God, his family, and his country. And I've known him for 20-plus years. I've spent a lot of time with him. I've worked with him on a lot of projects personally and professionally. And I'm telling you right now, I know his heart and know him as a person. Furthermore, I know his family. His daughter and my daughter went to school together and were good friends. I know his wife. His wife knows my wife. All right, we know their family. They are great, religious, honorable, moral people who are full of integrity. The guy is a brilliant, talented filmmaker and storyteller. Uh, and I have sat in business meetings helping him negotiate contracts uh, as a consultant, um, making sure that the I's are dotted and T's are crossed when it comes to contracts. Uh, look, I'm a, contra I'm a consultant for all kinds of things. HR, IT, uh, negotiations. I mean, I, I've done it all for decades in the business world. Anyway, I digress. It's not about me. But I, I want you to understand that I know him personally. And I've watched his behavior relating to, to the loss of large chunks of money uh, and how he behaves himself and conducts himself. I've literally gone down to the police station when he was threatened by government officials and literally virtually uh, assaulted by government officials. And I've been there while he's filed the police reports saying I'm fearing for my life because of the hostility of these people. I've seen him in all these situations and he has remained peaceful. You say, Sam, your idea about he's not a flight risk is bogus because you know what, Sam? He took off. We had to hunt him down and capture him. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason that happened is because they did not give him due process. They did not let him gather the evidence to defend himself. They did not let him walk into court as a free man, make his case, let the trial proceed completely. Uh whether it came to convictions or not, appeals would still be in the making. Um, and they literally tried to arrest him. And without due process, he said, I'm not going to let you violate my due process. So he took off. Now, that's not a flight risk. He didn't leave the country. He merely wants due process to law. He merely wants the ability to have his day in court. And day in court doesn't mean come down to the courthouse and on your way, you find out that they're ready to arrest you when you get there. That isn't what we're talking about. And that's what happened. Okay? Ken Cromar is not a flight risk. He's an honorable, peaceful, gentle, kind person. And all evidence through his whole life, he's 60-plus years old, 
and he's never had a problem with the law. In fact, he was a city council member for the city that he lived in for a number of years. He's a well-known filmmaker, producer, uh, etc. Uh, and he uh, has been known as a peaceful guy, a servant in his church and in his community for a long time. And what happened is the IRS said he owed taxes, and he said, I've paid all my appropriate taxes. And they said, no, you haven't. He said, yes, I have. And rather than go to court to, quote, duke that out, do or via the due process plan, via the First Amendment, if you have a redress of grievance, you go to the courts. They literally just took his house. They literally just violated his life. They literally circumvented due process at every turn. That is the quintessential problem here. They didn't wait for the court proceedings to occur. They literally kicked him out of and took his house. They literally brought in SWAT team thugs and hostily threw him in jail. They failed to sign documents regarding search warrants or regarding um, anything that relates to uh, his supposed arrest or etc. They haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's at all. They're violating due process. We appealed to the sheriff to help say, Sheriff, you don't have to pick sides in this case, but please stand up for his due process. The sheriff failed. He was derelict in his duty. We even had myself and Sheriff Richard Mack plea with the county sheriff to do the right thing and say, look, I'm not picking sides in this, but I do demand due process for my citizen. The sheriff refused. All he'd say to me is, Sam, I believe they've already afforded due process. And now we've got to debate what due process is. Well, the due process is clearly defined in many places. It's easy to understand. You get your day in court. You get the chance to uh, cross-examine your witnesses. Face your accusers. You get all the information relating to the allegations made against you. It's called discovery. You get transparency. You don't get this withholding exculpatory evidence or delaying the ability to deliver uh, information necessary to defend yourself and then claim you've given due process. You don't put people behind bars and say, we won't let you out on bail because you're a flight risk. Well, the only reason there is a flight risk, supposedly, um, is because that's what they claim without evidence. The fact is you don't violate due process and threaten to arrest people or take their homes in the middle of court cases. You don't do that. That's what they did, and that is the problem. Anyway, I'll leave this alone for now, but I'm telling you we're going to keep an eye on this case for our dear friend Ken Cromar. I wrote a letter uh, to the judge, a friend of the court, whatever you call those letters, saying Ken Cromar is a dear friend, articulating what I've kind of laid out on the radio. Let, it, let him go. Let him make his own defense. He will not flee if you guys play by the rules. If you guys obey the law, if you afford due process, transparency, you don't withhold exculpatory evidence, you do the right thing, Ken Cromar will cooperate. But you violate the law, and he's forced to preserve his ability to defend himself. And I don't mean physically necessarily. Obviously, every time they've arrested him, he's been peaceful. He hasn't been armed and caused a ruckus and been confronted and challenged or ran from the cops or done any of those things. He's cooperated. But he's merely politely said, hey, I'm not receiving due process here. I'm not receiving the information that I need in discovery to put up a fair defense. 
I don't trust the attorneys. I want to do it myself. They're denying him all those God-ordained rights. The Founding Fathers wanted to err on the side of the innocent. Ken Cromar's innocent until proven guilty, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that. And even if he's convicted, there's always appeals. All right, I'll keep up on this for everyone. Miraclesingodwetrust.com. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The House has passed a stopgap bill that will prevent a government shutdown. Dave Collins has the details. The House voted in favor of a Republican plan to fund some departments until mid-January and the rest through early February at current spending levels. The bill now heads to the Senate where it has bipartisan support. Chuck Schumer said he would pass the legislation as soon as possible. The House Speaker knows who he's supporting in the presidential election. The newly appointed Speaker of the House, Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson, expressed his full support for Donald Trump to run for president again in 2024 during an appearance on CNBC. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Uh, Look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. Johnson, who was endorsed by Trump as a tremendous congressman respected by everybody during his nomination for speaker last month, was part of the congressional Republicans who backed Trump's post-2020 election efforts to remain in power. I'm John Schaefer. Tensions escalated at a congressional hearing with union leaders when Oklahoma Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen stood up, seemingly challenging Teamsters President Sean O'Brien to a fight. Senator Bernie Sanders intervened, instructing Mullen to sit down and conduct himself appropriately as a senator. President Biden is actively working to improve the relationship with China. We're not trying to decouple from China. What we're trying to do is change the relationship for the better. Biden told reporters that his intention is to restart military communications. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. 
I don't even know how to respond to this deal here, folks. Um, I, I just, all right, here it is. Let me just kind of take it on. I'm hesitating because I want to be very polite. I want to be very pers- uh, respectful. I want to be civil, but I want to disagree. How do I do that in a meaningful, productive, appropriate way? Let's try it. Let's see how I do. Headline says this. Glenn Beck writes letter to the prime minister of the Israel begging for citizenship. Now, I have a problem with that because I don't believe in dual citizenship at all. It's a matter of allegiance, first of all. Is your allegiance to Israel or to the United States? Uh, and you would say, well, Sam, we're aligned. It's the same. No, it's not. We have a supreme law of the land, the Constitution. They don't. We have the right to keep and bear arms. They do in a very limited fashion. All right? That's just for starters. Now, I don't know what Israel is either. Let me explain. I don't know what a Jew is either, which we'll get to. But what is Israel? Is Israel the biblical reference of Jacob's name was changed to Israel? If so, that means this man that was given promises, a covenant with God, for his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Jacob, or the 12 tribes of Israel. Judah only being one of those tribes. So I'm in a worldwide Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a member, and our goal is to gather Israel. That doesn't mean just gather Judah or gather this, quote, lines drawn on a map by governments. Okay? That's not what it means. So I debate that. I also debate the term Jew. I don't know what a Jew is. Do you? Do you know what a Jew is, folks? Because I really don't. Let me explain. Is a Jew a race? Well, no, Sam, it's not a race, by golly. Okay, well, what about the tribe of Judah? That's one of the 12 tribes. I don't come from that tribe. I come from the tribe of Joseph. One of the 12 brothers. One of the younger ones that was sold into Egypt. And I believe my lines come from Joseph through Ephraim. One of Joseph's sons. I digress. But in that sense, it's a race. Well, no, Sam, it's not a race. It's a, it's, it's a religion. Anybody can convert. Okay. So they don't believe Christ came yet. We do believe Christ came. So there's a fundamental difference. Do we have to argue and fight about it? No, we don't. I accept their right to not believe Christ came, just as they should respect my right to believe Christ came. But what is a Jew? Tell me the difference between an Orthodox and a Reformed Jew, for example, if you want to dig in, shall we? They don't believe in the same things. One's very relaxed and one's very traditional. See? So I don't really know what a Jew is, and I don't mean to be mocking with that. I respect the Jewish religion. I respect those who consider their heritage Jewish. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think they're great people. And I can get along with them just fine. I don't have a divide with them at all. But when you ask for dual sovereignty, I have a problem with that, not because I'm against the Jew, not because I'm anti-Semitic. I don't want you to have dual sovereignty with any other country. However, listen carefully. 
Glenn Beck has the right to write a letter to this prime minister and ask for citizenship. If he wants to beg for citizenship of Israel, he has every right to do that. I don't agree with him, but he has the right to do it. Now, then I reported on that, and we played the soundbite where he read his letter to the prime minister. We played that about a week or so ago. But now Glenn doubles down and digs into this even further, and I disagree with Glenn. I'll explain what I mean. And I don't mean to be hostile. I don't mean to attack Glenn. But I do bring this up on air because I want to let people know we can have differences of opinion and be friends. I'm entitled to my opinion, and so is Glenn. And if we both are national public figures, celebrities, whatever you want to call it, commentators, um, why don't you hear both of our views and you all can make up your own mind on what you think. Do you think Sam's right? Do you think Glenn's right? Do you think we're both wrong? Do you think a combination of Sam's part right and Glenn's part right? By all means, have at it because you in America have the right to your own opinion. Do you not? See, I don't back Israel and I don't back Hamas. I think we ought to stay the heck out of the war. Whenever either of them commit atrocities, I'm against it. Whenever either of them do the right thing, I'm in support of that right thing based on principle. I may not agree with what you say, but I agree that you have the right to say it. And this applies to Israel, Hamas, Glenn Beck, Jews, Muslims, Christians, Sam, you, everyone. But here's the point. Here's what Glenn is now working on. Headline, but seriously, why are the Jews so hated? Glenn Beck over at The Blaze um, found some research about this. Why are the Jews so hated? It's a question that demands an answer, especially when we're on the verge of Holocaust 2.0. Now, I don't think we're on the verge of Holocaust 2.0, folks, at all. Um, I think the Holocaust was evil and wrong. I am not a Holocaust denier. I don't trust what the government told us. I don't believe all the facts we've been told in the revisionist view of history are real. But I also know the Holocaust existed, and I don't deny it in any way. Now, they say experts, scientists, and historians have set out to find out answers to these questions. And they came up with five different reasons, explains Glenn Beck. <clears throat> now, one, Jews are hated because they're an inferior race. All right, now they say Glenn knows this research is rubbish and easily disprovable. So I'm going to try to go to the question and then the rebuttal because it's confusing. There's five things. One, Jews are hated because they're an inferior race. And he says this, rebuttal one, Jewishness. I don't know if that's a word, but there you go. Jewishness is not a race. Any person, creed or color can convert to Judaism. Again, I'm not here to argue this, but I don't know what that means when you say a Jew. Is it a race? Well, if you come from the tribe of Judah, it's a race. Unless you say, well, hey, all the brothers were the same race. Okay. Then we all go back to Adam and Eve. And we're all the same race, are we not? So how do we have these discussions? See, to me, you reject the race divide. And you stand on the general principle that says we're all God's children. Let's act like it. Let's behave like it. Let's be kind to one another. 
Um, so there you have it. Now, before I go on, I want to make this very clear. They say, why are the Jews so hated? It's a question that demands an answer. I don't think the Jews are hated any more than other people are hated. I think there's hate in this world and there's love in this world. And I personally do not hate anyone. Okay? I respect the Jews to call it a religion, call it a race. Whatever they want to do is fine with me. I just want to let them believe what they want to believe. And I want to believe what I want to believe. And I hope we can agree to disagree on what we don't agree on. I hope we can be kind and work together on what we do agree on. And I hope we can just let it go. Number two, Jews are hated because they have too much wealth and power. Okay, they possess too much wealth and power is why they're hated. Rebuttal two, there are some well-off Jews, but there are mere millions of poor and downtrodden Jews as well. Okay, you're right, Glenn Beck, on that fact. Let me tell you where you're wrong. Where you're wrong is that Jewish power and influence does own significant portions of the control of society. That is not debatable. But is it because of their religion? Is it because of their race? Is it because of the boundaries drawn on a map over there in Israel or whatever? No. I believe it's because friends hang out. And people and families spend time together. Okay? Look at the dynasty family of the Bidens. Look, Hunter's rich because Joe's rich. Joe's rich because he worked the American system against the people. And he should be prosecuted and thrown in jail for it. Now, is Joe Biden a Jew? I don't, okay. So where do you go? So I don't think it's a grand old conspiracy. But I do think that when people say, hey, the Jewish people control a lot of things, that's true. Anytime anybody has money and somebody else doesn't have money, there's a pride factor that creates a divide. Go ahead and skip the break. But it has nothing to do with the Jews are hated because they're rich. It has everything to do with because they exert control with their wealth over the rest of us. I'll prove it. They've created this term in the media called anti-Semitic. You can only be anti-Semitic if you're against the Jew. No other group, just the Jew. Man, I wish I had a special word to say everybody was against me. But I digress, except to say this. I believe hatred towards anybody is evil and wrong. Love thine enemy, says the Savior, the Prince of Peace, who I follow. Three, Jews are hated because they're different from anyone else. Rebuttal three, quote, Jewish communities often tried to assimilate in the 18th century. In Europe, they tried desperately to assimilate. How'd that work out for them? I don't know that that's a rebuttal. I don't know that the Jewish communities are trying to assimilate. Go on over there to Brooklyn. Go to New York. And you find right now they have Jewish communities there. You have Chinatown and China communities. You have anytime people have differences, there's going to be mistrust, hatred, and concern. Why? Because they're not used to it. And I'll prove it to you. I'm a blind person. Whenever I walk in anywhere, people just absolutely stare at me. Is it because I'm a Jew? No, it's because I'm blind and anything different from the norm people uh, have concern about and mistrust for. 
You know, people literally walk up to my wife or to somebody with me and say, would he like a drink? And usually my companion, whoever I'm with, knows enough about me to where they just smile and say nothing because they know I'm going to respond. And I say, yes, he does. He would like a drink. And then they're mortified and embarrassed and and we kind of laugh and blow it off and I make my point and then they talk to me for the rest of the time and then pretty soon instead of thinking I'm a derelict uh, and an idiot and they kind of go, oh, wow, he's just blind. Does that mean I got to talk loud? Uh, no, it means I'm right. It, it means I'm right here. See, people just misunderstand. Okay, the Jews aren't trying to assimilate. I never had a Jewish person call me up and say, Sam, I'd like to fund your radio network and do a radio show on your network. Because if they did, I would help them syndicate their radio show. I'm all for it. They have every right to their beliefs. I believe in the First Amendment. I will back their right to say it, even if they say things I disagree with. See? So I, I, don't, I don't really buy this, that the Jews are, you know, they're the ones trying to assimilate, and everybody just hates them. I don't really buy that, right? Now, here's the next one. Jews are hated because they are the cause for all the world's problems. There might be some people that believe that, but I'm certainly not one of them. Rebuttal four, they've been hated because they're an easy target. That's false. They're not an easy target. They've got more money, more wealth, more control of the media than anybody else. In fact, they're a hard target. You say anything inappropriate about a Jew, doesn't matter if it's true or not, doesn't matter if it's a fundamental disagreement or not, you are now an anti-Semite. Doesn't matter if you don't hate Jews in general. If I pick on a specific Jew and say they've done wrong in this, then it's a broad, I've attacked the whole, quote, whatever, race, religion, group, I'm anti-Semitic. See, they've got more protection than everybody else because they've manipulated the media to do so. They've created their own terms to protect themselves. Anti-Semitic is one of them, to prove the point. This idea that they somehow, <laughs> they're not treated fairly or whatever else isn't true. Look, the white American heterosexual male is the biggest defensive target right now in America. The Christian is the big target around the world with virtually no defense. They're persecuted and prosecuted the world over right now. So I disagree with Glenn on this point. Number five, the Jews are hated because they killed Jesus Christ. Rebuttal five from Glenn Beck. I'm pretty sure those were the Romans that killed Jesus Christ. Well, you're kind of right. And you're kind of wrong, Glenn. This is where fact checks come in, right? Yes, it's true. The Romans killed Jesus Christ. That's all true. But really, the Jews demanded the killing of Christ. Remember, let Barabbas go, kill Christ. Pilate went, oh, this is crazy. How do I appease the Jews? How do I deal with this? How do I deal with the Sadducees and the Pharisees? I don't know what to do. I'm going to wash my hands of it and say, this is on your heads. No, I don't think Pilate got out of harm's way with that idea. Nevertheless, though, the Romans really did the bidding of the Jews, did they not? All right, so I don't really buy that the Romans just killed the Jews. I mean, I guess factually that's true. But 
but I don't really believe that's factual. Okay? It's kind of like if somebody dies in war. Uh, didn't King David put this guy up front, and he died so that King David could kind of have his wife? And he didn't want the adultery to be discovered, so he put his the husband up front, and he got killed in the war. And who's responsible for that death? The guys that really killed him on the other side of the war or David? See, it's kind of similar here with the Jews. So let's not play games with words. You don't do very well when you when you deny history and deny culpability. All right? The Southern Poverty Law Center is doing this to me and you right now, Glenn. They're literally saying you and I are terrorists, and they're putting us in harm's way, just like the Family Research Council almost got people killed because of the criminal activity of the Southern Poverty Law Center where people took them seriously and carried that out. I blame that a lot on the Southern Poverty Law Center. So... Why are Jews so historically hated? Glenn Beck says, I think there's one reason. The Jewish people know who they are. They're the children of Israel. Well, Glenn, under the 12 tribes, aren't I a children of Israel, of Jacob, through Joseph and Ephraim? Aren't I part of Israel, too? The great gathering of Israel doesn't just relate to the Jews, sir. They're from the promised land, and they're God's chosen people. No, the promised land is the United States of America. Glenn? Yeah, the promised land for other people is in Jerusalem. I get it. But let's not pretend there's one promised land. There's different promised lands for different peoples. He says Jews have something unique. They have an internal identity. Their ideas have been spoken. And it's identity that is built on traditions, laws, promise, faith in God. A covenant, if you will. A rock of a covenant. And the Jewish people work hard at studying and teaching that covenant. Glenn continues adding that the Jewish people have handed down the traditions and blessings from one generation to another for thousands of years. Now, I agree, Glenn, with that. But that's not why they're hated. How do I know? Well, Christians have had those kind of same things. Right? And in America, since America was founded, we've handed down those traditions and those things. We, along with the Europeans, have a strong biblical reference, right? Now, Christians are hated maybe for the same reason. I might go along there. But I don't hate the Jews because they have their religion. In fact, I commend them for that. And I would encourage the Jews, the Muslims... And then the divisions in the Christian sects, along with any other religion, bring all the good your religion has, and let's see if we can add unto it. Bring all that your country has and see if American ideals and American principles can add unto it. Let's not attack people for anything they have that's wrong. Let's work on what we can agree on and see if we can add unto it and bring value to it. Glenn then says, unfortunately, knowing who you are, preserving traditions, customs, and conventions and holding tight to a faith in God not only makes you a little bit peculiar, 
in today's world, but it also puts a target on your back. Me and Glenn 100% agree with that, whether it's Christians or Jews or anybody else. He says, miraculously, Jews in Israel are extraordinarily positive right now, believing wholeheartedly that they're going to win this, says Glenn, and it's the covenant of God that gives them confidence in a world where the foundations of truth and reality are being destroyed and being distorted. That kind of confidence lends itself to envy, says Glenn. I think he's right about all that. I think he's right as rain. Anybody who knows who they are and stands for something, right? All right? Yoda warned us. Envy leads to jealousy. Jealousy leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. And anger leads to the dark side. He's right about that, too. I agree. And when you take an honest look at the world, Glenn Beck says, the dark side seems like a fitting description. He says, I think why the Jews are so hated is it Satan's way to try to win against God. I agree with Glenn again on that. So I agree a lot with what Glenn Beck has to say. But I want to put it in context. This is not a Jewish versus the rest of us discussion. Let me kind of change the battle lines, Glenn. And let me try to change the discussion between love and hate for a second, if I may. Those who follow Christ are full of love. Those who follow Satan are full of hate. Most of us are in between. When you're born, you're on God's side, but you're stuck in neutral because you haven't made choices. You're on God's side because he calls you his. He's your father in heaven. But then when you make choices, you choose whom you will enlisteth to obey, to borrow a phrase from the Bible. And so I submit to you that even though the Jews may not believe the same as us about Christ did come, did die, and was resurrected, we fundamentally disagree on that. They believe he hasn't come yet. We say they admit that the Jews have missed the mark. Set aside that divisionary divide for a second and say this. I believe that the Jewish people, the Muslim people, the Christian people, for the most part, have good hearts and good intent. They just want to be left alone. They want to be loved. They want to be with their family. Uh, they want the same. We all want, really, the same things. And I think there are evil people in all of society that are from all those groups who are evil who want destruction, who want to bastardize any of our beliefs in a way that advocates for their cause, whether it's for money, for hate, I don't know what purpose, for control, for tyranny. And there are people that exploit Jews, Christians, Muslims, everyone. And those people who want to control the world are the evil ones. It's really the evil ones who exploit religions and exploit good intentions the very few that are against the rest of us, the masses who mean well. So do I believe in Israel? No, I don't, because I don't trust Israel's government. I believe the people on the ground, the day-to-day -day average Israeli, 
Jewish or whatever other sect they may be, religious or racially, I don't think matters. I think they're good people that just want a great life for their families. And I want that same thing. So let's stop all the divides that, again, promote or reject Israel or uh, the Jew or any of the. uh, Let's embrace good wherever it's found and reject evil wherever it's found, shall we? And we cannot prevent those battle lines because they began in the war in heaven before we even came to earth. Go study the Bible. You'll find out. Satan and his angels got cast out. And now there's a battle between God and Satan, and we're in the middle and must make choices. What will you do with your agency, ladies and gentlemen? As for me and my house, I will do my best to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I perfect at it? No. Do I have a long way to go? I'm sure so. But do I believe in Jesus Christ and the power of his incredible sacrifice and atonement? Absolutely. Do I think I can save myself? Not even maybe. Do I think I can do what God asks me to do and what my Savior Jesus Christ asked me to do, which is to keep his commandments, to do my best to forgive all men, to do my best to follow the Prince of Peace and advocate for peace? Absolutely. And then after I do my very best, God promises me if I keep his commandments, he will protect me. He will heal my land. And he will eventually seal me his in this epic war. Not because of my merits, but because of the grace, the power, the atonement of Jesus Christ, the only one who can perfectly temper mercy and justice for all of us. Me? The Jew, you, the Muslim, the Christian, the bad guy that decides to repent, all of us have been given a wonderful opportunity by the Lord Jesus Christ. He reaches out, his arms are stretched out still to all of us. Let's start to act like it. Let's provide leadership and let's make a difference on this. So shall we please, my dear fellow Americans, we can be a light on a hill. And that's what I advocate for, and I've done so for more than a quarter of a century. Help me donate at LovingLiberty.net. God, save the Republic of the United States of America.